0: Last Sunday we looked a little bit of how, you know, how did the early church dealt with the good news and today I would like for us to be thinking a little bit um, about who are the people, who, who is this good news for and I just wanted to, to, to continue with that really fantastic and brilliant note of the, of, of the Resurrection Sunday, that when we celebrate Jesus, being resurrected from death and as a result of that he gave this mandate, he gave this task, he gave this, this great opportunity to his followers to pass on the good news and the beauty of it is that 2000 years onwards we're still being offered that good news today. We're still here, our our gathering here is as a result of the good news of Jesus Christ reaching out to you and to me for us to come together. So, in that note, I just wanted to, to say this morning that actually this good news is for those who have not embraced it, but also it's for us as a community of faith. That we have got this renewal, as I reminded us last Sunday, that this good news brings for us. I said last Sunday as well that the gospel is good news, it, well, it's good news of course, but is the life, death and the resurrection of Jesus that accomplishes redemption and restoration for all who believe and all of creation. So when God sent his son, he sent him to the world to reconcile, to redeem, to bring back that love story that started in the Garden of Eden many thousands of years ago because we are his creation and because he loves us and because he has extended, he has expanded his plan of salvation for all of us. So who are we reaching with this good news? And how, 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 how do we want to deal with that? And I, I think as, as a church community, we're very blessed because we've got this opportunity during the week that we are able to have people who come through our doors. We've got cafe, we've got daytime activities, we've got preschool. And, and in one sense, that is a very good way of us doing mission and us doing reaching out, but I just wanted to to, to throw something in the mix today because I think it 's very good for us to be thinking that people come to us and join us in our activities. but I just wanted to be a little bit more challenging this morning in saying, uh, "How about we going out because actually that 's the mandate that we, we 've been given from Christ that while you're going out, go and preach the good news to all creatures and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there is this, this, this tension that a church like us could have, that, well, we're fine, we've got people who come through our doors, we've got opportunities to share, and how about us then going into the week and we're sharing the good news of Jesus with people that we deal with, with family, with neighbors, with with opportunities that, that God gives us, and um, basically what we're trying, or what I'm trying to do, is that by 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 bringing this idea of good news, that we still come to that place that we want to see God's heart, be God's gazes, see God's heart for the world, and by knowing and seeing what God's heart for the world, then we need, we come to that place of recognizing. What is the reality? And we all can agree that actually we live in a messed up world. We do. And I want for that good news not only to be good news for a messed up world, but I want for that good news to be good news for a messed up situations that we are into. Because that's God's plan. Because that's God's plan of redemption. That's God's plan of reconciling himself to us. So, this morning we're going to be looking a little bit at the passage of the Samaritan woman. And I want to look at it at a different angle. But before I say that, I just want to to mention two opportunities that actually we've been out there or that, that, that we'll have to be out there to go and be good news. So, for example, um, last um, Sunday or last weekend, we had the noise and it was a great opportunity for, for people to go and go out there and make a difference and actually be able to share the good news of Jesus. Before that, um, I don't know if you remember, but during the two weeks of Easter, there was a turning and um, the latest figure that I've heard is that it's over 600 people that on those one-to-one conversations, when people out into the, went out in the street to, to share the good news, there were probably 100, over 100 people who went out through those two, um, two weeks. Um, there were 600, 620 people who... Um, fed back and then they said that they'd made that prayer. And I, I, I get more excited now how we're going to handle on the, the follow-up and how, how we're going to, to actually make this good news being meaningful. The other thing is that in the, what, in the light of what's going on, I think Bristol is, is really getting great with these opportunities for reaching out. So, one thing that is happening next year during Easter, for example, between the 3rd and the 7th of May, no, the noise is joining forces with um, the sole survivor lot, um, Mike Pilavachi and his church, and they're coming to do a campaign called Hope Bristol 2018. And again, they're trying to organize and stuff. But what they want to do is they want to give a missional opportunity to the young people to get involved and share the gospel. And they want to do it hand in hand with what the noise has been doing, but also have opportunities for them to, 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 pre, to, to share the gospel and, and to be good news. So um, I'd love for us as a church to get on board with that. And again, we've got one year ahead to think and plan and pray about it, but let's remember, third to the seventh, I think I've got it right, of April 2018. It's it's that opportunity. So we've got these events that 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 actually are great, but I just wanted to, to, to go a little bit more to the personal one, to the individual, to the to the one-to-one. Um, Personal evangelistic or personal sharing sharing your faith uh, opportunities, and one of the comments that I've heard ever since we've moved to the UK is that um, people are very suspicious of the church, and they are very suspicious of Christians, and therefore it's very hard to come across and share. Your faith. Now, I don't know whether we say this on the basis of a a very big experience that we have had or whether we have had opportunities that we have tried really hard to share our faith and has really been tough and has not been easy. But one thing that I found very interesting is that every time I've had a chance to talk about my faith with people who are not... Christians or with people who are still seeking about God, I think there is that sense of them wanting, actually, to have the conversation. And I don't know whether this is because of where the church is in its history, post-Christendom and what have you, but I think, I just wanted to to start today by saying that um, I think people are more open to talk about faith than we think they are. And I just want to say that, by saying that, I think that I am more scared to talk about my faith with them, rather than them being less open to talk about faith. Now, as you know, I took part in the turning for one day. And um, the day that I went there, and I'm just sharing this personal experience just to prove the point, um, the, the, the way the groups were organized is that you go in groups of two or three and you go in different areas of Bristol and you go and talk to people on the streets whether you, you want to share with them or whether they want to engage with you by sharing with them a few statements about who God is and what he's done for them and what plan he's got for them. So we went on that little group and we were at the Hallfield uh, and um, to be honest, my, my background is open air, so I don't mind um, being out in the air and being out sharing the gospel and stuff. So that's what we've been doing um, in Albania. Also, when I was involved with Child Evangelism Fellowship, there was this thing. And to be honest, I have never, never felt so scared in my life. And I, I'm, I'm sharing that just as, as, as something to say that if you think you're struggling, you're not alone because I'm struggling too. Because being just sent in the midst of whole field commons, it took me totally out of my depth. It took me... I, I wasn't expecting I was going there. And initially, I was finding all sorts of excuses not to approach people. Um, And then I started getting grumpy because we'd picked up the wrong place, we'd picked up the wrong time, there were not a lot of people. And looking back into this opportunity, I think it had to do more with my reservation because I was getting out of my comfort zone rather than with the opportunities that God was giving us to go and approach people on the streets. Having said that, I said, OK, God, I know I've seen you work in the past. I know you can do it in Bristol as well. So please give me some opportunities to go and speak to people. And then we had, we had an amazing time sharing with two or three people about this. Um, you know, they've got a script that you have to follow and you, 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 you ask questions and then you lead them to a time of prayer and so forth. And it was really encouraging to see how I began to warm up to the idea that actually it is possible and people are not as negative or as rejective as I think they are. So it was a big learning lesson, a big lesson for me to learn as, as I approach people in a different culture, in a different setup, with with, with, a, with, a, with a, an approach that has been tested 20 years ago, it didn't take off as well as it should have, you know, evangelism explosion, we had it even in Albania, um, and then that's what they're trying to do with the turning, that they want to, to use it as an opportunity, and again, they want to see it not as a one-off event, but they want to see... If, see this as an opportunity for the church to get a little bit more braver and step up to the mark to go and reach out to people on the streets now having said that or having that in mind I just want for us to bring our attention to the passage of scripture that Ruth read from um, John chapter 4 and we know the story very well We know that the disciples had gone into town to get food and Jesus was on his way to Galilee. And he happens to stop at this well. He goes to Galilee, not the normal route. He goes via Samaria. And basically, um, I've written here, Jesus takes... The route, as if you're going to Ross on Y, and the normal route would be, which would be the normal route? Sorry, may I ask you? So if you were, you'd go by the Seven Bridge. Anybody would go from Gloucester. David Carhill would go from Gloucester. That's the problem of a Baptist church. <laughs> <It's cheaper. laughs> it is cheaper. So if you, so Jesus is taking the, the route, which is not the normal route, as he going uh, via Samaria to go to Galilee. So, um, now I'll get in trouble here to say which is the normal route. But I would probably go via Gloucester, but in this case, if I was in taking the story of Jesus, I'll just go over the Seven Bridge, uh, Chepstow, and up upwards. So, that's what Jesus is doing. He's going to Samaria. He's going to Galilee via Samaria. And then he meets this woman on the well. And she had come at the right time, which was not the right time, really, because she had come at the wrong time of the day, because she wanted to hide from all the people who were seeing her and stuff. And Jesus gets into the conversation with this woman, To the point that Jesus offers her the living water, to the point that she recognizes that Jesus is the source of the living water, and drinks from that, and goes and tells her village. And as a result, the whole village responds because they've seen what transforming living water she's been drinking from. Now, the story is familiar, and I don't want to stop at the familiarity, but in, our, in the way that we bring the gospel, in the way that we, we share the gospel with others, we, well, I need to come to, grips with their reality, that sometimes the gospel brings me to places that are unusual. And sometimes places that for me are insignificant, and yet God has got his plan sorted out. The woman at the well was very unpopular. Everybody knew who she was, everybody knew what she had done, and yet Jesus chooses to go in an inconvenient way, a little bit more expensive way maybe, just to go and reach out to this lady with the good news. To reach out to this lady with a living water. And sometimes I've got the feeling that I stop God bringing me through these opportunities that are really for me they're small, they're insignificant, they're uncommon and sometimes to the point that for my eyes There are inconvenience. And because they are inconvenience, then I've got the feeling that sometimes I interfere with what God wants to bring about in this conversation. So coming back to the story of me going to the Horfield Commons is me trying to find excuses, me trying to find ways how we could actually make this not work when actually God is at work and he's going to reach out with the good news to the people that he wants to reach out. Which brings me to the next point because I think as bearers of the good news I've got got this conviction and I'm very happy to be challenged on it that as God's people as his church, although we have been given this good news, although we have seen that actually the story of good news has worked in my life, we fall into the trap of domesticating, of making it to fit us when actually it's the powerful revelation of God. And sometimes we make the good news of Jesus to fit so well into what we're doing, into what we're doing, not only in the program of the church life, but whatever we're doing into the week. And I just wonder if we miss opportunities. Actually, I don't wonder that. I say that by us domesticating this great power that God has given us, then we fall into the trap of missing out those open doors of opportunities that God can give. And that open door of opportunity, it doesn't have to be straight on your face. It could be by asking a question. Can I have some water? It can be starting by having this normal conversation and not being hyped up about everything, but just going down to the reality. Of, Actually, I'm thirsty. Can I have some water? And what that question translates for you and me during the week, you know very well. And those people that come into your path... Sometimes we recognise them because we know that we've been praying for them for a long time, for them to come and drink from this living water. But sometimes there are acquaintances, there are opportunities, that is just by even stopping and saying hi to a neighbour, even by stopping the postman and saying hi to him, In in the midst of the business, of life. And by also seeing this as an opportunity that actually is this something that God is opening the door for me to step in and say, I've drink I've drank myself from the living water. Would you like to do the same? I said it when Magdalena and Eva was baptized. And I want to bring it again because in conversations it comes very clearly that sometimes we underestimate the power of our salvation story. And what I mean by that is that For each and every one of us who have encountered Christ, and have encountered the good news, and we've said yes to Jesus, each and every one of us who has done that, that is a miracle in itself. Because God has reached out to to us, and we have embraced that. So each of that story is, 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 is fantastic, it's great. And I, well, I don't want to lose sight of God looking for me, finding me, embracing me, and saving me. The thing is that sometimes we get very put off because we hear another testimony or we, we hear another story which is really extraordinary. And you think, whoa, that shouldn't be the case. oh, Why didn't it happen to me like that? And I think there is that jealousy. There is that uncomfort that say, well, actually we want to do that. But I want to say today, and I wanted to affirm each and every one of you, that you never underestimate the power of the story of your salvation, how God found you. Because that is going to be the foundation, the ground that is going to set you off to reach out to people. Yes, it's great that we listen to other people sharing their stories and it's always encouraging because it's, it's a port of call for, for praise. But when you share your story, you're talking about your own experience. And I think that is more the disarming thing for people rather than me putting everything in, in their face and, and being, you know, rushing to mention everything that I need to before I make sure that they're safe or not. No. They, people, want to hear what is the significance of God in your life and why is it important that you follow Jesus. And when you make it personal, then you give room for opportunities to say the same thing as that lady who encountered the living water. And if you read later on in the passage, the whole village has seen what she has done and what Jesus has done into her. So here we are. The people that we come across, they are not as closed as we think they are. They are in great need to encounter the power of the good news. And you and I have got this opportunity. And let's not look at it as a task, as a chore, but as an opportunity. And it's a privilege for us to be putting people towards that that path, that track, that we are pointing them to the person who is giving life. And that's our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we do that, my encouragement is that let's look and be open for the unusual, sometimes the the insignificant, and sometimes even the inconvenience to see this as an opportunity for God to step in. And I really pray that as, as I step into faith into this that I will see and you will see that God's revealing story of salvation will be tangible and you and I will see people come to Jesus because that's what it's all about actually that's what it's all about we want for them to encounter the good news so they can be redeemed and reconciled with God Almighty. Magdalena is not here, but never underestimate the power of God's story of salvation. Let's watch the space, see what God does to Magdalena. The nearest church that she has to go to is twenty miles away. I complain sometimes when I come to church and I live just around the corner. Oh, let's be real. And this is an opportunity for her to go into her village. And we need to pray and support her in that. To go into village and actually to bring the whole village because funny enough she has found Jesus in England. This is God's wondrous story of salvation. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, that you love us. Thank you that you've given us this privilege to be the bearers of the good news to the people that you put into our path. Whether family, friends, colleagues, Visitors, clients, patients, students, children, grandchildren. Thank you that we've got this opportunity not only to be the bearers of the good news, but to see your good news of salvation at work. So Lord, if your plan is that you take us to those unusual, insignificant, inconvenient places this week to share that good news, I pray that we will not lose sight and we will not lose touch with what the Spirit and where the Spirit is leading us. Lord, help us to be gazing at you, at your heart this morning and this week. And from that place of security we're able to recognize the reality of this world who desperately needs you. Help us, Lord, to look especially intentionally for those open doors of opportunities to bring people to drink from the living water. Lord, you have done it through this 2,000 years and there is no reason why you shouldn't do it today or in the days to come. Lord, help me this morning to believe a hundred percent on the good newsness of the gospel today so I can go and share it with others in whatever capacity you want me to. Lord, my prayer this morning is that you'd show up and you always show up because Your word says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. So we acknowledge your presence today. And we acknowledge your spirit, because we don't want to do this on our own. Lord, help us to leave this place Transform because we have met with you this morning. Transform because the gospel has reached out to the darkest areas of our lives and is bringing new life about. Thank you, Jesus, that there is no good news without you. And today we want to thank you for your death, your sacrifice, your resurrection. So we could be here today celebrating what that new life is all about, through your death and resurrection. In Jesus' name, Amen.